You're listening to episode 43 of Burning Brightly, Mind, Body, and Soul. This is Burning Brightly, a podcast for Christian moms who are feeling called to build a business and share their light with the world. I'm Bonnie Wiscombe, a life coach, mom, and entrepreneur, and I'm honored to be your guide as you face this business building adventure full of highs, lows, and everything in between. This is where we help each other find the courage to shine. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Today, I've got an episode for you about our basically two most important possessions, and that is our mind and our body. Now, we actually have another main entity that we're going to talk about today, and that is our soul. And we're going to talk about how the three of these kind of play together, sometimes don't play so nicely, and how we can better align them for our best possible life. So the brain and the body are for using. They're very efficient. They are very useful. We use them to accomplish things. And the soul or our spirit is what gives us life and gives us purpose in this life. So the body and the brain have so many uses. We can run, we can think, we can brainstorm, we can build businesses, we can eat, we can hug, we can sleep, we can do so many amazing things with our body and brain. The soul or the spirit is a little bit less understood and hopefully we can be a little bit clearer about what its role is in our life by the end of this episode. So the body and the brain are these super great tools. They are these absolutely incredible creations that we can't even really begin to understand. We have some amazing, incredible genius doctors and scientists out there that still don't understand even the basic workings of our brain. My daughter goes to a neurologist and I'll ask questions and she goes, we don't really know. We don't really know that either. We don't really, like we're doing the best we can to understand these incredible creations we've been given, but they are complex. They are also bent on survival. That is the body and brain's number one goal is to survive. It wants to do so by being lazy and happy. That's how you survive. Minimum exertion, maximum pleasure. That will keep me alive until tomorrow, okay? Now, the soul we see in a much less concrete way. We see our soul in our intuition or our inspiration, those gut feelings. We see our soul when we have a deep connection with another human being. Have you ever felt that? We know that our soul is good. It is eternal. It is like pure light and it's so powerful. I believe that our soul never wants to benefit at another being's expense. That's our mind that kind of gets in the way and causes us to act in ways we aren't proud of. Now, the body to the soul is kind of like clothes to the body. So clothes are necessary and useful. They help us do what we want to do. It's kind of hard to go hike a mountain with some friends if you're naked. But clothes, just like the body, can also be constricting or binding and it can hold us back from our potential. So think about, for example, what you can do in tennis shoes and leggings versus what you can do in high heels and a tight skirt. There's a big difference between what you're capable of in comfortable clothes versus restricting clothes. Same thing with the body. The body can make it so our soul is more capable of good, beautiful things, or it can make it harder. It can kind of become a prison for us. I personally think that a huge goal of life here on earth is to learn to use our soul and our body in tandem, each helping each other because they are both essential. There are some tenets of Christianity that believe the body is kind of evil, like this prison that we're stuck in, and I don't believe that. I believe it is good and wonderful and beautiful, but it has to be taught how to act appropriately. Because when the body's passions and pleasures get out of control, then the soul suffers. We talk about 
how we want to overcome our natural man. We want to become like God by pushing away the things of the world and tuning into that spirit that is teaching us how to be like God. So how do we put the soul back in charge? How do we make sure that the soul is in charge of the brain and the body? Well, the first answer is coaching, of course. <laughs> One of the first answers. Doing thought work, controlling that narrative, ensuring that our mind is being managed and we are aware of why our body reacts in certain ways, like why the nervous system reacts in a certain way. Now, being a human is who we are. There's no shame in being the way that we are. Sometimes we think we're broken because we react a certain way or we have some sort of traumatic response or we're imperfect in some way. That, that is not a shameful thing. That is just life as a human being with a mind, a body, and a soul trying to constantly work together to our greatest good. But we do have a responsibility to do this, to manage our minds and our bodies, to teach them to work together. Otherwise, we're going to not fulfill our potential and we're going to hurt other people in the process. We have to teach them to work together within appropriate bounds, within a set of rules and restrictions. So how do we put the soul in charge of the body? We talked about it being in charge of the brain. We do thought work. We manage our mind. How do we put it in charge of the body? By controlling our appetites, our passions, our pleasures. Think about how much chaos happens to your life and the lives of those you love when you are addicted to or not able to control desires for food, drugs, alcohol, sex, other things that can get rapidly out of control. They destroy lives, literally and figuratively. Those things that are very addicting make the body be in charge of the soul. That's not what we want. We want to make sure we manage those desires so that the soul stays in charge. And of course, it's not just substances like alcohol and drugs and things and food, sugar, but behaviors, sometimes oversleeping or over Netflixing or over scrolling are ways that we allow our body to just sit in comfort and not do the hard thing that is controlling itself. Now, some of these things that are great desires like food and sex bring us great joy. They're there for a reason. We actually need both of them to survive as a species, but they can also destroy us. Many of us don't have a lot of vices, but we all have to eat food. And so I see this a lot in food is that we use it as kind of a buffering mechanism. We use it to put between ourselves and negative emotions and we just stuff our face instead of controlling ourselves or confronting the emotions that are painful. Be really cautious of that one because the downside to having an addiction with food or unhealthy relationship with food is that you can't eliminate food from your life like you can alcohol or drugs or these other addictive substances. You really have to manage it. I think that a simple way to put this is that addictions are the body's pleasures being prioritized over the soul's purpose. So I'll say that again. Addictions are the body's pleasures prioritized over the soul's purpose. Addictions are a distraction. They are trying to distract us from our life's work because if we can sit in addictions and just feel comfort over and over and over, we don't ever go out there and do hard things. We don't learn to embrace the difficult, the suck, the hard stuff. We just want to be comfortable. So I think our constant goal needs to be putting the soul in charge, making the soul the master and the body the servant. And don't let those rules get mixed up. That's where we see a lot of problems. I see that much of the greatest suffering that happens to mankind in general comes from this mix up. Think about abuse or rape or murder or violence or these horrible things we see happening on the news, war. These come from allowing the body's wants, like revenge or power or sex, to overcome the soul's needs, which of course the soul is always quieter. The soul whispers, the body screams, 
I'm hungry. I want that. I need that. The soul is not so loud. We have to quiet down the body in order to hear what the soul needs and to put it in communion with God. God will tell us what the soul needs if we're listening. I have another episode. Episode six is called Embracing the Bad Stuff. If you want to learn a little bit more about how important it is that we have both good and bad in the world, that dichotomy of right versus wrong, and how to embrace some of the negative stuff to reach our highest potential, go listen to that one. It's another short one, but it is great too. We are complex human beings who were created by an eternal, amazing God. And he's given us this challenge of making this mind, body, soul connection work together so that we can become these incredible beings. Anytime we allow our mind or our body to wreak havoc on our soul, we will be living below our potential. A few questions to ask yourself to see if maybe this is something you struggle with. Where is your body holding back your soul? Is there anything that you feel out of control of in regards to your body or even your mind? Maybe a perpetual victim mentality or self-criticism or other things that come up in your brain regularly and hold you back from listening to what God has in store for you. Are there addictions that you see yourself struggle with? And again, these could be something that you don't necessarily think of when you say addictions. They could be being on Instagram too long, maybe reading too many novels or too much TV. Is there anything that your body is taking comfort in that could be scaled back on. Are there substances or behaviors that you consistently use as a buffer? Remember, a buffer is something we put between us and negative emotion. So I find myself using sugar a lot for this. When I have negative emotion come up, I think, I need some hot chocolate. I need a cookie. I need something that's going to give me a hit of dopamine so I don't have to feel these other emotions that are coming up for me. Now, when it comes to negative emotions, they don't feel good. I get it. Nobody wants to sit and feel shame, embarrassment, fear, loneliness, betrayal, any of those things. But they are a part of the human experience. And when they come up, there are other ways to get comfort for them other than these substances and behaviors. We need community. We need family. We need love and connection. And we need God. We need something greater than us to look to to help us through these hard times. Just be aware of when you are substituting these good ways of finding comfort in hard times with the counterfeit substitutions like food, drugs, alcohol, etc. The things that will be destructive to you. Look to your family, your friends, your God for comfort in those times. And then sometimes we just have to allow the negative emotion to move through us. There are so many opportunities to do this in life that will strengthen us and help us reach our dreams. A few ideas are fasting. Do you ever try to fast? I do this about once a month for spiritual reasons, and it is hard, you guys, going without food for, I I really only do it for about half a day, two-thirds of a day. It's difficult, and you're hungry, and you're whiny, and you get cranky, and I find myself really having to manage my mind when my stomach is growling all day. That is a really, really great experience for allowing yourself to feel negative emotions so that you can get stronger. Speaking of getting stronger, what about strenuous exercise? Walking is great, of course. Uh, A nice leisurely swim is great for keeping your body active. But when you really push your body, you get yourself into a place that feels awful. (laughs) And feeling awful makes us stronger. It makes us be able to handle hard things. I see all the trend with the cold plunging nowadays. I personally haven't tried it yet. I don't know that I'm brave enough. But this, I believe, is one of the benefits of it, is allowing yourself to feel awful so that you know you can do it again. You can do hard things. You can feel negative emotion. 
let's go back to food. If food tends to trip you up or you feel like you have a mild addiction there, what about eliminating really addictive substances like flour or sugar? That can be a very difficult thing to do, especially when you're used to getting your comfort from those things. How about building a business? Anybody trying to build a business and feeling lots of negative emotion? Of course you are, because that is a part of the game. You try to sell something and nobody buys it, or you sell something and somebody's unhappy with it, or a launch doesn't go as you expected, or you start to feel like an imposter, somebody says something crappy about you on social media. So many negative emotions that make you a better person every time you feel them. What about repairing a relationship? Have you ever had a relationship that was in disrepair and needed some apologies and some hard work? and you went to work on that, or just helping someone who is hard to deal with that you don't really love. <laughs> that can be an amazing way to feel negative emotion and to get stronger. Now, I'm not talking about torturing ourselves. You guys don't go out and do anything harmful. Don't put yourself in danger, but allow yourself to feel bad sometimes. We are so obsessed with feeling good. We have created all the substances in the world. I mean, these food manufacturers are in the lab trying to decide how much of this one chemical to put in so that we eat as much as humanly possible. The chips are stacked against us. It's so easy to embrace that feeling good, but the negative is part of the human experience. You have to embrace it. Stop trying to run away and buffer from real life because in the end, it will come back to bite us. So this week I challenge you to seek what your soul is seeking. What does your soul need? And if you can't hear it, maybe it's time to listen a little bit more. And then use your body and your mind to complement your soul's journey and help it get there. Don't allow that body and mind to take over. They are incredible tools, but they are not in charge of this life of yours. You have a beautiful, amazing life ahead of you. I can't wait to see what you do with it. Let's talk next week. Are you ready to get started on your dream business? Join Finding Your Side Hustle, my digital course that will guide you through discovering what it is you love and how to turn it into a family-friendly business. Are you ready for one-on-one -on -one support as a mom or entrepreneur? Schedule a free coaching call with me to work on the goals you have for your life, including business success, weight loss, or better relationships. I can't wait to help you make progress on your dreams.